Hi everyone, I'm Claire. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. And um when I say grateful I mean it. I um I know the program saved my life. Um I didn't really come in and work it until my fifties. And I really think, especially the last couple of years, I'd probably be I think I'd be dead. I think I just would have um, destroyed my body. Um, When I came in, I'm five feet tall. I was over 400 pounds. Um, I was, my body was just, um, I was killing myself slowly with food. Um, There's no sense about it. Um, I couldn't function. I couldn't most physical activities. I was very closed off emotionally. I was very angry. I didn't take responsibility for most of my actions. Um, you know, the uh, OA 12 and talk, 12 and 12 talks about we never grew up. And I think in some ways that was me. I worked. I did, you know, I did those kind of functioning things. But I'm a, you know, I was a five foot tall woman and at points in my life I was over 400 pounds. Um, I started eating compulsively very young. I um, I have very early food memories because I remember just turning to food for comfort. Um, I'm an incest survivor and I, I turned to food to kind of numb my pain. I turned to food as a companion. I turned to food to make myself feel good. Um, I guess these are all the things I told myself, and I think it's a very powerful job, drug because whether it's um, an illusion, a delusion, or um, just the addiction talking, you know, for many years I felt it worked um, until it stopped working. And then there was nothing that could fill me up, and then it just started to impact my health on every level. I, I always share that I'm um, I'm the jaywalker in the big book. I kept crossing the street until my health deteriorated to the point where I got um, cancer that's associated with obesity, uterine cancer, and that for me was um, was my bottom, you know. So I always appeal to people not to not have to reach my bottom. Just don't get to the point where you're in a doctor's office knowing that you've impacted your health because of um, this addiction. If you can help not getting there, don't do it. You know, because our disease is absolutely 100% um, progressive. And for me, that meant going, you know, I gained and lost 100 pounds three times in my life before I came to OA. But the thing is that every time I took it off, I put back on even more. And that was just a vicious cycle. So I really came into the program with the gift of desperation. And um, that's how I worked it. I was just desperate. I actually started listening to this meeting because I couldn't get in and out of my car. It was just painful. And um, I got a lot. And I listened... And I didn't get a sponsor. I just kept listening. Once in a while, I'd step up to say something or do something. 
and um, I followed um, my own meal plan um, that I'd go off on every weekend, <laughs> which was my pattern, right? That was it for me. That that was the meal plan. Um, I wasn't really working the tools. I definitely was not working the steps, but I did keep coming back and listening. And um, I owe a lot of gratitude to this meeting because I heard recovery here. And I'm so grateful to hear that. I knew OA existed. I had come many er years earlier with a sibling. He stuck around. And, um, you know, I went out and um, I did a a lot of damage to myself and others because of um, my addiction. And I do believe it, you know, in many ways it, um, it, not only harm me, but harm the people in my life because I couldn't really fully show up for life on on every level. And that's how I came into OA. Um, but like I said, I was desperate. And um, I finally got to the point where I was able to get into my car and I did go to some face-to-face meetings. And um, the visualization of seeing kind of a a sponsor line where a bunch of people in a room raise their hand kind of pushed me into thinking, I really need to get a sponsor. Um, and um, I finally got one. And wow, what a change in working the program. I think getting a sponsor is so essential. And getting that sponsor allowed me to break my isolation. I mean, I always had friends. I always did work, but I was emotionally isolated. I was into the food so much I couldn't feel anything else. I I really felt when I got abstinent like it opened my heart in a different way. Not that I didn't love people, not that I didn't care about people. But when I came into the rooms, you all told me you'd love me until I learned to love myself, and that's one of the things I learned in a way. So I started working the steps with a sponsor. Um, and we used the uh, 30 questions in the sponsorship kit, which took me through step one, two, and three. And um, that was a process for me. Um, step one was really hard. I used to call myself the step whiner. I cried through every step. And I cried actually when I studied the traditions having to apply them in my life, which I thought was going to be impossible in work and life. And I do that imperfectly, but I try to do it. And now I'm crying through all the concepts of service. So I guess I'm just a whiner still. But it's just different because I'm grateful now. I really am grateful. Um, I'm not only grateful for the fact that my life was saved, but I'm grateful for how it changed Um, me on a spiritual and emotional level and that brought changes in my relationships and with friends, family, and my personal relationships. It just changed me, wow, significantly. I worked the program one day at a time as often as I could and um, that was um, different for me, being abstinent on a daily basis um, and actually working the tools as often as I could 
And I found that the tools were really essential part of my recovery, that they really helped me stay abstinent. Um, so it wasn't just doing the writing and the reading and the step work with my sponsor. But, you know, as much as I could, I tried to use those tools every day. Um, was I perfect about it? No. But I really did have like a checklist of like, did I use this tool today? Did I use this tool today? Um, just to remind myself to use the tools. And um, I think that really contributed towards being abstinent. Um, I did continue to work through the steps. Um, and um, step three was real hard for me. I went from a gift of desperation to good orderly direction to finally finding a higher power of my understanding. And I really had to redefine my higher power for me. Um, and that ultimately worked when I learned to do it one day at a time. I did, um, you know, I did the step work behind it. And um, I, I always remember that the realization when it said admitted to God, like I had to admit myself to God first, God, myself, and to another human being. But first was to God. And I had found a higher power that represented love for me. And so that was, um, I think, a really altering experience when I let that kind of love and light in. And I always share that when I was doing my step work, I looked up the definition of integrity, which is the um, principle of the fifth step. And um, one of the definitions was to be made whole. And I kind of feel like doing five through nine made a very fragmented me who was really emotionally fragmented and had no spiritual center whole. Not perfect, but whole. And that was really cool. I continued to work through the steps. Um, step six for me, like willingness. A lot of my program is just being willing to be willing to be willing. A lot of times I'm not even willing. I'm stubborn. It's one of my character defects. It's also one of my assets. But a lot of times got to ask for the willingness just to be willing to be willing. And that really also comes into effect to, with my um, plan of eating. Like I had to be willing to be willing to give up things I wanted and um, to give up the calories that I wanted and to give up, you know. And that has, you know, and that's gone through changes. And I still am making changes and tweaks and um, it's um, I a lot of times have to pray for the willingness to be willing um, anyway I, I just kept working that program um, it's that simple I just kept coming back and working the program working with my sponsor um, I did my four through nine I struggled through step seven um, to learn what humility was and wasn't, and um, to not think of myself as less than and not to think of myself as more than. Um, I held myself very often to a, um, a standard of perfection, and I could get nowhere near that standard, so it wasn't even a reality, but I held myself to it. And sometimes I held other people to it. And that Working through that was real important to me and making my amends. I felt like my abstinence is part of my living amends because 
my inability to do so much physically really did impact the people in my life. I, um, I just felt that on every level. I try often to do a daily 10 step. I do a lot of spot check inventories. Sometimes I tell people to do them for me. <laughs> you know, like point it out to me, just tell me. Um, and um, I call my 10 step my toothbrush step because I um, put my toothbrush and my, I don't even keep, I keep my toothbrush and my mouthwash in my room with my 10th step sheet right underneath it. And so at night, if I don't brush my teeth, I haven't done my 10th step. And I use the 10th step sheet from the um, Green Workbook, the OA Workshop and Study Guide, because I love that. That book, I found really transformative for me, particularly doing the old belief sum portion of it in relation to things with body image and um, self-harm and... Um, self-worth. It was just really phenomenal. And um, I use that as a tool. It took me a long time to learn to pray and meditate. And I really learned it through walking. I found walking really a meditated position for me. And if I could walk long enough and sit somewhere, I could learn to quiet my mind enough to listen. And when I learned to listen, I really felt transformative things happen about um, that really impacted me, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for prayer now also. I had to rewrite some of the prayers. They were hard for me to say the way they were written. I couldn't even get the words of some of them out of my mouth. And I definitely have a different higher power than I would have defined as in my childhood. Um, but it works for me, and I'm grateful for that. And kind of my first prayer of the day is to remain abstinent because if I'm not abstinent, I'm not useful to anyone. I first thought it was selfish to pray to be abstinent, um, but it's not because when I'm not abstinent, I'm like, I'm crazy, I'm, you know? So I just, um, uh, yeah, it's important for me to be abstinent and um, it makes me be able to serve um, my higher power and serve the fellowship and that's, the place where I am today. I do a lot of service. Um, I do a real lot of service, but I still go back every morning to step one. And um, I say a line out of the OA 12 and 12, which is the denial of truth leads to destruction. I remind myself, thanks. I remind myself every morning before I eat that, um, that I um that I have this disease. I just actually remind myself by saying that line um, because to me it's so important to not forget that. Um, I still go to a lot of newcomer meetings for that reason. It's just really important for me to not forget that. And the other thing I do is say out loud, I turn my will and life over to the care of God. And I say it out loud because um, it used to be uncomfortable for me to say it. And now um, it's a recognition. And I do always also share them the days I don't say it. I know it by not what goes in my mouth, but by what comes out of it. So I try often to do that. 
I just um I started with saying I'm grateful. Um and I I am really grateful. Um I used to say that I took the G whenever I had an attitude about something, if I was feeling miserable about something or resentful or angry, um I would put a G R in front of the word attitude and turn it into gratitude. Um just by saying, you know, turning to God, my higher power, and to my recovery, which for me meant to, means the tools and the steps. And, um, yeah, the program saved my life. It really did. It didn't change me just physically. It absolutely changed me emotionally. Um, and I'm so grateful to all of you and to this meeting and to the fellowship. And um, I think I said pretty much what I could say tonight doing a lot of service on the virtual region convention. I hope I see you all there, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And um, you can call into it. So please uh, sign up and register um, on the virtual region website. We'd love to to have everybody there. Um, We are doing a 100-pounder meeting there one night. So um, just grateful, grateful for the love in this fellowship, grateful for the people who came before me that I could see in recovery as powers of example. Um, that gave me hope. Grateful for the people who were struggling that kept coming back, which also gave me hope. And um grateful to all of you. So um, I guess with that, I'm just going to um, wish everyone love and abstinence. And um, thanks for letting me share.